0: were you able to pick up any of Justin Thomas's or Ricky Fowler's rounds today? They were incredible. Really cool. We're gonna go over their scores today and talk a little bit about slow play. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf. Appreciate you being here. Wow, what a, what a start to the tournament today. Always one of uh, my favorites as a uh, graduate of ASU. Kind of my neck of the woods. Uh, love it down there. It's, uh, it's sad to be sitting here in Utah with snow all around me and, and see uh, Arizona. So, and my wife's from Arizona. Why we don't live there, I don't know. But uh, that is the case. That is my situation as it now stands. But really, really cool. And we'll get into that in just a second. A couple things I wanted to touch on really quickly. You know that every time I go to the pgatour.com website, the first place I go is to stats. I, don't, I just love it. I just love to go in there and kick around and have some fun. Today, it's usually about performance and trying to figure out performance numbers, and we've been working on the app and trying to figure out the best way to make the app work. So I'm going to have to adjust these benchmarks that we've been working on just to make sure that the app is simple, easy to use, and so we can always kind of look at these benchmarks and know where our game needs a little work. So, we've made some adjustments there, and that's partially why I was on messing around with the stats last night and again this morning. But as I was doing it, I don't know, I just get these weird hairs and I want to figure some things out. And so, I actually went and took the prize money for Justin Rose and Adam Scott and also Bryson and G. and just did a couple quick little calculations with them that I thought was just kind of fun. So, first off, I just I took their prize money and then just kind of worked it out and broke it out. Per day, they each played four days of golf. And then I worked it out per hour, assuming that each round was around five hours. As we've kind of heard some Brooks Kepka and other things, uh, Bryson DeChambeau's may have been a little bit longer, but we're not going to get into that necessarily right now. And then also per stroke, right? If you take their prize money and kind of work it all out. So I just wanted to run through these really quick. I think they're fascinating. But anyway, Justin Rose, well, we'll start with Bryson DeChambeau since he made the least amount of money out of the three. But per day, he made one hundred and thirty-six thousand dollars a day, and that breaks down to about twenty-seven thousand dollars an hour, and roughly two thousand dollars per stroke. And again, what got me thinking about this is everybody sort of going, "Hey, why doesn't he just step up and hit?" Well, I mean, it's two thousand dollars a stroke, right? That's what Bryson DeChambeau is talking about here. Each each stroke out there, you know, if you win, can can be pretty, you know, profitable. So you can see why he spends a little time thinking about it. Now, I don't know if they break it out and look at it this way, but that's what kind of got me thinking. Bryson's saying, hey, this is important. I want to make sure. And so I thought, you know, how much do they make per stroke? Let's take a look at it. Okay, Adam Scott, he finished second place at the Farmer's Insurance Open. He made $191,000, essentially $192,000 a day, right? For four days. His total purse was $766,800, that works out to be about $38,000 an hour or roughly $2,900 a stroke. Okay, then again to Justin Rose, um, he, he made $1.278 million. That works out to $319,000 a day. Okay, or roughly, it's, if we round up, it's $320,000 a day, which is... $64,000 an hour at five-hour rounds or $4,800 a stroke. Now, I don't know about you folks, but if you knew, you, if you played well and won the tournament, that it would, rough, it would roughly bring you about $4,800 a stroke, do you, would you use up all your time? Okay, just to throw it out there. There's this huge discussion on, you know, why aren't the tour players playing more quickly? And, hey, I I get it. I mean, we want, you know, we don't want to spend five hours to watch a round of golf. We definitely don't want to spend five hours playing a round of golf. So I understand the discussion behind it. But also let's step back and go, at $5,000 a stroke, we'd all spend a little time. If you hit the green and you were going to make five grand, would you take a couple seconds? Yeah, you would. You'd think it all the way through. You'd check the wind. I don't know if you check the barometric pressure. Bryson DeChambeau does, but you understand why he does at 5K a stroke. At least you get it, right? Makes some kind of sense to me now. There's some things that, that Brooks Kepka said that were quite accurate. You know, if you're not the first guy hitting, if you're second or third, if you're in a, th- a threesome, then, you know, do all your calculations. And then when it's your turn, step up and hit the ball. You know, I, I, yes, I would agree with that. The only problem I see with it, and I didn't hear any, I heard, I listened to Michael Breed today and I listened to some other folks and read some stuff up on, well, geez, Chambly and his stuff today. Oh, mercy. I think he, uh, I think he brushes his hair too much and um, violently with some of the things he says. But anyway, back to uh, positive, more positive message. Yeah, there, there's just something about when it's their turn and they take their full amount of time what does this give them? What does this give the player? Well, you will always see these tour bags set up so the camera is getting full on the logo, right? On the front side of the bag. You've got their logoed hats and their logoed shirts. And, and folks, these guys are paid big bucks in endorsement money. The more time they can get on camera and they track that, the more money they're gonna make in their endorsement deals, so this whole play fast or else thing, now for a guy like Brooks Koepka, it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's Nike head to toe and Nike doesn't allow you to put a bunch of other logos on your shirt. I guess they can put them on their bags and different things now that they're not shirt to equipment. It's Nike. You can tell me it's Nike and I'm not going to agree with you. So anyway, so if they were head to toe Nike, that's all they wore, one logo. So who cares if the camera sees them or not? right? They just do the best they can. If they win, Nike's going to do all the social media and take care of it anyway and blitz the entire internet with Nike, congratulations, Brooks, this, that, and the other. It's all over the place. So sitting there and being on camera is not necessarily that big of a deal for somebody that's wearing Nike apparel. But for somebody who is not on camera a lot, who is looking for endorsement deals, I think they're going to squeeze out every possible second they can to get those video numbers up to a point where they're going to make more money. And that's just not an aspect that we really talk about or understand as amateurs. But that is a big part of the business, is this money, this endorsement money. And so, as long as we have these, you know, we've got Titleist and Callaway and these guys out there that are all these big, you mean RBC? You think they're going to say, hey, you know what? Why don't you step up and hit it and don't show our great big blue and and gold you know, shield on your bag. We don't want that. Well, no, they're paying for that. They want as much RBC out there as they can possibly get because it's advertising dollars. It's, it's eyeballs. It's to try to grow their customers so they can give more money to the players and sponsor more tournaments and do all this. So this slow play thing is much bigger than we pretend it is. Now, Michael Breed would say, hey, if it's a rule, punish them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I get what you're saying, but we're, we're talking about a lot of money. I mean, Michael Breed makes money from Titleist and FootJoy, And uh, they want him to talk about them as much as they possibly can. And I'm sure he's got some kind of a contract that says, hey, this is how much you have to talk about us in order for us to give you, you know, these things. I mean it seems like he's opening up a box of FootJoy Joy and, and Titleist every other day. There's these other things going on. It's big money that's driving this. So slow play, I don't think it's going to go away. I mean, as long as there's television on these guys, as they're working out their shots, they're getting their logos on TV. I just, I don't see how it goes away. So maybe change the rule. So then there isn't a rule that you're butting up against all the time because you don't want to upset. No, PGA Tour does not want to upset their sponsors, right? They want to give them as much exposure as possible because that's where all these huge paychecks come from. That's why Justin Rose can make $5,000 a stroke. Or three hundred and twenty thousand dollars a day is because all these sponsors are getting what they need out of this relationship, and that means TV time. So that's kind of the bottom line. I mean, it's whenever you look at sort of these problems, right? You always look for the money. the The money's usually driving these issues that bother everybody. So we just have to figure out how is this tied in with the money, and we can kind of get to it. So sponsorship has something to do with this slow play. I don't know how much. I'm not privy to any of those conversations, and. And they don't want me there. Uh, not that I've asked. But I guarantee that they don't want me there. Anyway, so that's enough of that. The slow play and, and kind of why I got into analyzing how much they make per stroke. Now we know why they spend so much time. Five grand a stroke, we would spend a little time too. Just really quickly wrapping it up. I was so impressed with the play of Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler today. And I know that there's been some other guys that, that played well. I could only watch the first little bit. But I was super impressed with it. Justin Thomas, I mean, unbelievable. Three birdies in a row from one to three. He birdied five out of six at one point, holes one through six. Five out of six of those holes. A completely clean card, no bogeys, unbelievable for a 64. Truly amazing, right? Seven under 64, really amazing. And then Ricky Fowler, same way. I mean, Ricky Fowler had three birdies on the front, two birdies on the back nine, and an eagle. Again, totally clean card, no bogeys, just really clean, amazing playing. Looking forward to the rest of the next three days of the tournament. This is one of my favorites to watch. We'll talk again soon. Until next time, remember, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.